0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, and Massachusetts. From Booster Sand Game Parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100, get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. Yes, yeah, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No, me, no, the voice, no, the guy. It's me, really, real villain, real Tyrell, Furman Jr. here at your service. And it's been a great few days in the NBA for your boy. Got my guy, Scott Studio, right? Show with me, Scott. What's going on?
1: Yeah, nothing much. Looking forward to going through the Friday card. Uh, everyone was distracted by college basketball yesterday, including me. So I wasn't fully invested in the NBA yesterday. Not exactly surprised by many of the results, though, besides the fact that the Pacers ended up beating the Bucks, But then you look at the foul trouble and you saw that Giannis only played like 27 minutes and he couldn't get on the floor. And then when he did, Miles Turner posterized him into oblivion. So it wasn't a great day for Giannis. Uh, but as a whole, I don't think anything really surprised me. Phoenix had a close game. The Kings won against the Nets. That did not surprise me at all. The Kings are just a good basketball team. Uh, the Nuggets won a game. It was against Detroit, but you got to start somewhere. Anything really surprised you? That wasn't a mean, good like, game. That wasn't a good game. I was going to say, did. did anything really surprise you there? Because it seemed pretty straightforward. And the, no, Nuggets, the Nuggets were Nuggets- tied after three. They just outscored the Pistons 33-14 in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, that was it. It was like pure tank job by the Pistons. The Nuggets probably should have lost that game, too. Like, we're being completely honest. The Nuggets are going through a dry spell right now. Like, ultimately, two of the teams that everybody was saying were the best teams in the league for majority of the season in the Denver I guess, and the Boston Celtics, both are going through some struggles.
1: I'm, I'm trying to think of any other takeaways that I could really have from yesterday's games. No. I'm not going to read too much into Sacramento because the Nets, you know, don't have, lot of, don't have a lot of offensive talent and the Kings won another road game. Mm-hmm. How seriously should we be taking this team in the actual playoffs? Because it seems like there's increasing up, uh, I'd say there's a growing chance that the Kings get the two seed. Yeah, Do you think that they can actually threaten anything in the playoffs or no? Once again, they beat the Nets, so I'm not going to overreact to it. But I am curious because we keep waiting on the Kings to kind of slump, and they don't slump; they just keep winning, especially post I mean, All Star break.
0: I think that they have the same outlook that we have for the Dallas Mavericks, and basically to you know, a good offense, no defense in the playoffs. So we don't expect them to actually compete for a title, but they can, with the right matchup, they can beat a series. They can, you know, outscore a team or two and, you know, have a good playoff series or maybe we get a series win. But ultimately I think is getting to the point, at least where we feel like they're the same thing as the Dallas Mavericks where, all right, I mean, on paper, they look really, really good. And, the Kings look a lot better because they have the record behind it, unlike the Mavericks. But here you are, two teams that don't play defense at all whatsoever. That's not going to survive.
1: Well, coaching also matters. And I think that a big issue that the Mavericks have, which has been stated a lot by uh, SGP and Zona Cameron, uh, Jason Kidd, not very good as a head coach. Can we say that?
0: I mm, I don't know. I don't know because know last, year really, really finals, last year was really okay. really good. Last year was really really good. So like, I, 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 I he don't has one good, good right. year, one bad year. I can't really like. I'm not. I'm not going to yes, say. And
1: I saw him with the Nets. wasn't impressed. Saw him with the Bucks. They won a title once they got rid of him. And now he's on Dallas, and I don't.
0: Think well, don't make it adjusting. seem like they, As soon as they got rid of him, they won a the title now. No, I'm, I'm exaggerating.
1: They all, they got Drew Holiday. They got some pieces that yeah, helped out. Yeah, I was now. about cool. to say. Don't
0: make it seem like as soon as he it left, it helped. He won the but title. I'm, I'm
1: just saying, Jason Kidd for me leaves a lot to be desired. I'm not a fan of him as a coach. Mike Brown is. I think he's an, he's obviously going to win Coach of the Year this year based on how Sacramento continues to surge. Denver's falling apart. Boston hasn't been great. He's kind of running on a I haven't seen a sports book actually post those Coach of the Year odds. And if he's anything below, like, minus 600, you can probably sell your house on it, to be honest. Like, I don't know how he's supposed to lose the award at this point because he has the narrative and the Kings are fighting for a two-seed. I think that's just wraps. But still,
0: I agree with you that Sacramento probably is not going to the And the West. fact that his competitor, his competitor was walking across half court trying to get a timeout in the game the other day, not realizing what he was doing.
1: <laughs> Doesn't help. But the point is, I don't think he has any competitors right now, but... I think the Kings are good enough to win at least a series, but I'm bringing it up because you look at the teams that they might play against in the first round, the teams that are currently kind of on the bubble there for the play-in tournament, they might play golden state in round one. In theory, they could play the Lakers. They could play the Pelicans. They could play a couple other teams. If you saw any of those teams against the Kings based on where the standings are at right now, How many of those teams would you actually pick the Kings to beat in the first round? Because I feel like a lot of people automatically just disregard them because of the lack of experience and the fact they don't play defense. But there's a lot of really flawed teams in the NBA, especially at the bottom of the Western Conference or the play-in area. And LeBron, according to reports, is not close to coming back, so he might be done for the year. Are you picking the Kings to beat each of those teams? Because I'm assuming you'd pick Golden State to find a way, for example.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I Minnesota. I think they can beat Minnesota.
1: Okay, but it, let's just say that they have New Orleans. We'll go with and without Zion. We'll start off with without. I Zion. can't
0: even see Yeah, yeah see New Orleans. Uh, I guess New Orleans technically. I was looking at the standings, and I guess they're technically still are in it. They're only a half game back from the Tennessee, so they are technically still in it. But uh, with Zion, mm, nah, I'm still. Mm, no, all right. We're still going Kings, both okay. with, with and without Zion. Still going Kings.
1: What about the Lakers? and No LeBron.
0: No LeBron. LeBron.
1: according to reports recently he's not close.
0: Yeah, but they still got a month.
1: I know they have a month, but I'm saying I I don't know. Once again, people always mention his age. It Doesn't exactly help the recovery process.
0: Mm, Lakers play defense though. I, I I can't I can't I I just can't wrap around my mind that. They're gonna. They would be in the playoffs, and LeBron would not play. So
1: I'm. I'm just saying. I think it's more likely than people think. It's not approaching Zion territory where you keep having some expectations of a return date, mm. and it keeps getting pushed back. But I'm a bit skeptical on when LeBron's actually going to play again. I'm just throwing that out there. He might come back mid playoff series. He might. He might miss the play in tournament. Who knows? But, but that's yeah. that's rough. I,
0: I could see miss a miss up. I don't know. They got a month. They had a month left. Uh, I'm just I, saying. I, I, so a with LeBron, LeBron that with LeBron, I'm still going. I'm going Lakers, just because of the defense. I you might don't. still go. Lakers have been playing a lot better recently. I might still go Lakers just because of the defense, even without LeBron. Anthony Davis can get them one series against the Kings. The point
1: I'm trying to make is that the Kings will be the two seed, but there's a lot of interesting teams in the play-in who maybe could sneak up on a team. And I feel like a lot of people would just pick a play-in team to give Sacramento a run for its money. And I'm not going to become just a pure, mindless follower of the stats, but I got to at least point out the clutch offensive numbers for Sacramento. It's ridiculous compared to the rest of the league. They're the most clutch offense in the fourth quarter in the entire league by a country mile. I don't think it's as big of a disparity as Phoenix was last year to the rest of the league where Phoenix was at historic, just all-time numbers in the fourth quarter. Sacramento's kind of close, and Fox is probably our pick for clutch player of the year. We just saw the game-winning shot against Chicago earlier this week. When a team can do that much offensively in the fourth quarter, when the game slows down and they still can dominate and get whatever they want, they're really, really dangerous. I'm not saying that I'm picking them to beat the Suns with Durant. I probably wouldn't pick them against a couple other teams, but I got to keep in mind that Sacramento, late in games, I think they're less likely to fold than a lot of other teams in the Western Conference.
0: I'm just interested to hear you say this because you were the the number one that said that Dallas' lack of defense wasn't going to propel them at all in the playoffs, and yet here you are singing the praises of Sacramento, who I arguably mentioned the is coaching
1: differential. Them. I mentioned the coaching disparity between Dallas and Sacramento, but it's also based on chemistry. You throw Kyrie and Luca together. They've barely played up to this point because Kyrie missed some time. Lucas missed most of the time. I feel like the, I also don't think that Dallas has any bench whatsoever. Like I think Dallas has really just a bad roster. Sacramento has some pieces. I'm not going to suddenly join the Trey Lyles bandwagon, but he's been a decent bench contributor. For example, they have some options. I think that they have a certain amount of depth that Dallas doesn't have. And that's why I kind of separate Dallas from Sacramento. They have a similar flaw. They're looking at a team that doesn't really guard well, and they're trying to outscore opponents. But I think you'd agree that when it comes down to a roster makeup, Dallas is extremely flawed. It's extremely top-heavy. And Sacramento, Malik Monk's coming off the bench. They still have Herder as a good supporting cast shooter. I like their overall team. I think that they are like eight deep, or maybe you can argue nine deep if you want to stretch it. What is Dallas realistically, like seven deep, six deep? I feel like most people don't like half their team. And, I mean, and I, Jason Kidd never plays Christian Wood.
0: I, I think that I think Dallas has, I think they're about the same. I honestly think they're about the same when I look at the depth pieces and you look at what Hardy's doing. Hardy's up, definitely going to get more minutes into the playoffs. He should, yeah. but I think
1: when Kyrie comes back, I, I don't think Hardy's going to get much run. But,
0: but and then you have, and then you just, I think all of it is predicated, and they're just the fact that the kings are predicated against team basketball and the mavericks are predicated on luca isolation yeah isolation luca and then everybody just make sure you hit your shots when when the ball comes to you and that's really it and so that also I, might be a reason why because isolation just can't,
1: ball hasn't exactly worked that well historically speaking in the playoffs it works on occasion yeah.
0: but yeah and and it worked last year and you know like there could be an occasion that you know it works this year it's just my only thing is that when i'm looking And where I can't get at with the Kings team and what just keeps is just the fact that they, I know they can give up 120 points any given night. And if you're giving up 120 points in the playoffs, it's not just because you can score in the regular season. Don't mean you can score in playoffs like that is just pure it. And so it doesn't matter what your fourth quarter numbers look like if you're down 25 plus points going into the fourth quarter. So that's, that's my only thing they have to. Mike Brown has to find some type of way to rally them on the defensive side of the ball where they can play effectively better because in the playoffs, a lot of these other teams, if you let them, they will score on you and they will score in bunches.
1: Yeah, I feel like I just had to bring it up because on one hand, I watched the game as a Nets fan and I saw the Nets only score 96 points against the Kings. Now, it could be because the Nets offense isn't very good and that's definitely a possibility, but I saw the Kings actually do some decent things defensively and that's kind of why I, I was kind of wondering if this team could maybe find a gear to become mediocre defensively. I'm going to try to keep it realistic. I'm not going to say this team's going to suddenly become a top five defensive unit, but if they became... Let's just say fifteenth in terms of just offensive rating down the stretch. Is that good enough for them to make a somewhat respectable run if the offense continues to play this well? Like it how is. good does the defense need to be for them to potentially make a decent run if the offense continues to play the way that it's played?
0: It is. They can a hundred percent if they're middle of the pack, they can win a series. They can a hundred percent win a series if they're middle of a pack. But it's easier said than done. Yeah, it really is. And when you're towards the bottom of the league with the Rockets, the Spurs, all these other teams in defensive categories since All-Star break, how am I how am I supposed to realistically say you're going to get there?
1: Yeah, I get it. I'm I'm not picking them to win the West, but I just feel like when it comes down to my last point, when it comes down to thinking about previous 2 seeds or 1 seeds in conferences in the tournament in the uh, playoffs, I feel like the Kings might be like the most ignored two seed that I could possibly remember. Nobody's taking them seriously at all. And I can't really think of a comparison besides maybe Utah when they used to always have Mitchell and go. I was and- literally just about to say Utah. I was say uh, Utah. Like, is that the best comparison you can make there? Yeah. Kinda? I think so. Just saying Kings for a two seed. have been just completely ignored by most of the, uh, I feel like most basketball fans at this point. Like, oh, yeah, cool story. Little like tap on the head, and they just move on.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. Before we get into the slate, got to talk to you about our official sponsor, the Sportsbook Win Bet, because they are now active in Massachusetts along with a whole bunch of other states. You have the Win Bet Win Hour from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursday, each and every Thursday, where you can get better payout of the Marquette marquee games of the week you have march madness where you can bet that all throughout WinBet. and if you sign up today you can receive a special offer for bet 100 hours, getting 100 hours, limited to state availability and of course you have the dj long shot parlay of the week where if you hit the longest parlay of the week you can get a thousand dollar free credit so much juice from. All i have to do is head over to sports to winbet.com or download the winbet app Officer, change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be told order and present state. Replace the winbet is available. If you or somebody knows a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. All right, let's get into the NBA slate for today. We have the Philadelphia 76ers on the road going to play the Charlotte Hornets in Charlotte, North Carolina. Line is sitting at 10.5. Open up at 10, now at 10.5. 227.5 is the total. That's come up a point. And injury report for these two teams. You have for the Philadelphia 76ers. Jalen McDaniels is questionable with a hip injury. And the Charlotte Hornets. Cody Martin is out. Bryce McGowan's is out. Uh, Mark Williams and LaMelo Ball are both still on IR. So, Scott, you are laying 10.5 with the Philadelphia 76ers against the Charlotte Hornets. So...
1: I feel like I kind of have to do it, even though I don't feel great about laying this many points on the road, but you're looking at Charlotte and we know this team doesn't guard anybody at all. And now they're missing McDaniels. Actually, sorry, McDaniels on uh, Philly. So my bad, mm-hmm. but they still don't guard anybody. Oh, you're looking at Charlotte and McDaniels. He's a good defensive player, but Philly still, I think they can get a good enough defensive effort against the likes of Rozier and Ubre, who just chuck up a bunch of shots. I'm going to go with Philly here. You're looking at Embiid's numbers against Charlotte recently, and he's just going to walk into about 35. Last game, uh, they played one time this year. He scored 53 points. Now, he attempted 32 shots, which is kind of crazy, but he had 53 points and 12 rebounds. But you're going through these numbers 53 and 12, 29 and 14, 31 and 6, 32 and 8. 43 and 15, 34 and 11. I just feel like he's going to destroy this team. And we know that Charlotte has no centers whatsoever. And Mark Williams, you mentioned on the injury report. Hey,
0: don't disrespect Nick Richards. I was about to say, besides Nick Richards. No, that's our God, Nick Richards. You're cutting me off. I was about to say, besides Nick Richards. Okay, all right, my bad. That was, that was,
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I was was about to say they have no good big men besides Richards, and you interrupted me in the middle, but even Richards, (laughs) he's by himself out there. Because you mentioned Mark Williams on the injury report. So mm-hmm. yep. if he gets into foul trouble, which I feel like every opposing center does when they're against Embiid, <laughs> what is Charlotte supposed to do? How are they supposed to stop Philly in this game? I got to lean to Philly, or at least Philly team total over. I just see a situation where you're going to see a lot of really ugly pick-and-roll defensive sets from Charlotte. Embiid could walk into 40. Maybe you see Maxi and company get going but at the end of the day i'm going to go with philly here i really like how this team's played they see a shot at the one seed and they also have a shot a realistic shot to win the division i think they're going to be motivated for this game and i think they're going to be able to come out and win comfortably it might sound ugly cuz it's a road favorite of double digits but i think i'm going to go with philly i just i like how this team's played and charlotte not so much it is a lot of points
0: on the road though it is. And here's the thing. Charlotte hasn't been the worst defensively over the past five games. I mean, you look at they're right there. They're literally right there with Philly and opponents' points per game. Uh Philly 111.6. Charlotte 112.2. That's good for seventh and eighth in the NBA. Charlotte's been good defending the three. Uh And what's that 32% for Charlotte Hornets defending the three ball 34.7% for the 76ers. That's fourth and eighth in the NBA and opponents field goal percentage. They're, they're holding teams to a low field goal percentage, 46.1% for Charlotte Hornets. That's sixth in the NBA. You got to go all the way down to 17 to get to the Philadelphia 76ers in that same category. I mean, if Charlotte, if Charlotte, wait, Joel B is gonna get his, and I think we're we all agree Joel B is gonna get his. I'm gonna, I'm, better,
1: limit, I'm, I'm gonna bet a forty piece in this game. I feel like I kind of have to.
0: Yeah, but if everybody else, if everybody else can can hold serve and they can hold serve against everybody else, Charlotte is in this game and they're in this game rather easily because we all know what Charlotte can do when they're shooting the basketball well, especially at home when they're shooting the basketball well with Terry Rozier with uh. Kelly Oubre Jr. And how Gordon Hayward has somehow always been the most, you know, consistent thing for this offense. And I just can't help but get behind a Charlotte get-up game the day after Michael Jordan says that he's he's seriously considering selling the team, when a lot of people in the area have blamed Michael Jordan for the struggles of this team. Uh,
1: I'm going to take me- Charlotte. I'm going to say, so. I, I was going to say, do you think that MJ like selling the team has any impact at all on how the team plays today? I, I don't really see the connection. I, I,
0: I. Just knowing from the area, if they if you listen to rate local radio, you listen to the fans in the area talking, everything. This has been a while that people have said they felt like MJ was the problem and they felt like MJ had a role in why Charlotte was never going into the next level. So this is something actually big for people local to the Charlotte area that MJ is considering selling the team because it feels like it's a brand new, fresh start for the Charlotte Hornets.
1: Uh, For me, I think at the end of the day, you're going to see. I, I'm trying to think of what's even really going to change. Do I think Jordan's a good owner? No, I don't think he's done really much for Charlotte. But once again, you have a lot of issues in sports when it comes to big market versus small market situations. Why would anybody... I, I know that you have Duke and Carolina and there's a rivalry there in college. Do you think real superstar, superstars would ever actually want to go play for the Hornets? Is, no. that, a, is that an ownership I, problem? I think now, that- this team isn't a good drafting team, but still... Like, how many guys are they actually going to attract in free agency?
0: And that's where I think it has to be. I think it has to be through the draft. And I think everybody, you know, around Charlotte Hornets organization understands it has to be through the draft. But you need brand new, fresh ideas coming into the organization. This feels like the fresh start that they can need. They need, And this it, it, this just seems like a random get-up game. I'm not laying double digits. Give me a Charlotte Hornets plus half.
1: Once again, I'm not going to have any money on the side. I'm going to lean to Philly. But you better believe I'm going to bet MB points.
0: All right, Net, and total sitting at two twenty seven and a half. and a half. What are you doing?
1: Uh, I think I have to lean to the over because I just mentioned now I think Philly could score 120 by themselves. So I think I'm going to lean to the over. I don't really feel great about this game at all, but I'll lean over. Uh, you're looking at the two meetings. First meeting landed 208, second meeting landed 244. With Philly scoring 131 in the second meeting, I see something similar, uh, more similar to the second meeting. Give me Philly scoring like 125. I think that's enough to send this over. I'll take the
0: over. Mm. I don't know. It hasn't it hasn't translated to points though. Charlotte's been better defensive, but it hasn't translated. You've given up still uh, 103. That's good, but then you got the 119, 114, 120 to Cleveland. Mm. Slight leans to the over, very very slight leans to the over, not enough for me to bet it. Fair enough. All right, you said Embiid. Anything else you like prop wise?
1: Uh, you blindly pivot to just Harden assists over if you think Embiid's going to go for forty, because you're yeah. assuming it's just going to be endless pick and roll spam.
0: Yeah, I- I'm I'm kind of like I said, I'm kind of nervous on on the scoring because I think it can be Embiid a lot of Embiid and less of everybody else. So it's like, how many is he really going to get ten assists off of bead alone? I don't think so. So maybe I'm not on Harden's assist today just because of that.
1: Are you leaning to Harden under in points because Embiid might attempt 30 shots?
0: Yeah, I think that that's something that I feel more comfortable with. Harden under on points, just saying that the game slows down a lot for Embiid and he's able to get going. And like I said, Charlotte's been forcing teams to struggle shooting from the, uh, from the field. I think the only other thing on Philly that I'm probably cool taking a chance on is Come on, Jalen McDaniels back in Charlotte. I mean, if he plays, I was gonna say he might not play. That's the problem. Yeah, if he plays, I might I might have to go look his way. But I'm I'm on the Charlotte side of the basketball, and what I'm looking at prop wise, and I'm going back to old reliable Gordon Hayward, just to go out there have a good game, facilitating the ball. His assist total is at four and a half. Four and a half at minus one thirty. Philadelphia is giving up. Uh, what did it say? Where do I have them at? at oh, oh, well, they really haven't. Never mind. I must miss on those. But 22 assists per game. That's actually pretty good towards the bottom of the towards the the bottom of the league. But I'm still rocking Gordon Hayward today. I don't care. Four and a half and a game that I think that they can score a bunch of points and keep Philly on their toes, be in this game. I like Gordon Hayward assist. And I like, I feel like we got to like Nick Richards.
1: I, I like him a lot as a player. The problem is I'm worried about foul trouble. Yeah. Unless the no, argument if, is Charlotte has no backup centers anyway, so they're just gonna tell Richards you're playing thirty minutes
0: no matter what. Just trying to hang on beat Joe Embiid is so unserious. Oh yeah, Philly has a game tomorrow. Oh yeah, I'm definitely not laying double digits with Philly and they have a game tomorrow. You don't lay double digits on the first half of back to back. That's that's it that if there's a commandment, that's a commandment. Yeah. No is that
1: actually a thing? I, I've never heard yeah, of that. No, it's
0: actually no, it's actually a thing. I was talking with my guy, uh, who put me on it at? I think it was ski. Yeah, Ski put me on to that and was telling me that, yeah, you typically don't lay points with teams, you know, double-digit points with teams on a back-to-back, first game of back-to-back. So I don't know that. I know that was a thing.
1: I'll I'll keep that in mind.
0: Yeah. Uh, But back to what I was saying about Nick Richards' rebounds and that, John beat is just so unserious rebounding the ball. Like he is very, very, oh, he's, he's so bad rebounding the ball. He doesn't care half the time. Yeah. And it's because he's one, he either is going for the shot. So <laughs> he's not in a position to get the rebound or on the defensive end. He just really doesn't care. And so I'm not going to lie. His under 11 and a half rebounds is very, very tempting, but you can also flip that another way and just play Nick Richards to get the rebounds that he doesn't get. Because I'm pretty, I don't see a Richards prop anywhere.
1: By the way, just to read off the Embiid rebounds recently, he did have 18 rebounds against Cleveland. Uh, but you're looking at the games before that: eight against Washington, seven against Portland, seven against Minnesota, five against Indiana,
0: six against Milwaukee, eight against Dallas. Yeah, he's he's unserious, and it's at 11 and a half. I think when he tries to such... be serious
1: for rebounding, he'll he'll grab you 15. But that happens maybe
0: what two times a month. Yeah, I am 100% for fate and Joe Embiid on the boards after an 18 rebound game. Like, he is not serious about <laughs> rebounding the basketball at all. All right. Let's move on to the next game of slate. We have the Washington Wizards going to play the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland. Cleveland's laying five and a half at home. 221 is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Washington Wizards. Kyle Kuzma is not on an injury report with that knee injury. So it doesn't look like he's going to have any restrictions playing in this game with the sore knee and foot tonight. For the Cleveland Cavaliers, Jared Allen is still out with that eye injury. So you'll see Lamar Stevens into the starting lineup in place of Jared Allen, who's actually Jamar Stevens been doing pretty good. I actually kind of like like Stevens. Yeah, he's been playing really, really well. And the fact that I don't know what connection there is between Lamar Stevens and Karis Levert, but Karis Levert always makes a high basketball IQ play when Lamar Stevens is open in the corner, and I'm here for it. All right, laying five and a half with the Cavs.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm going to do it. Uh, Cavs are still really good at home, 28 and eight straight up at home. Washington, 16-20 and on the road. You're looking at Washington's last couple of games, though. They've really not been good. And to go through their recent games here, uh, they have lost five of their last seven. The problem is the only two wins were against Detroit, which might not even count. So (laughs) they've been really, really bad. And the Cavs, I think that they're still a, a solid team. I'm not viewing them as a title contender, realistically. But I think they're definitely good enough to beat up on Washington at home when they're 28-8 in the land. But they're played against Philly. They ended up losing a game there. I think it's a pretty good spot for them to get back on track against a weaker opponent. They're looking at the two meetings this season. Cleveland won by 10. And they played again in Washington in in February. And Cleveland won that one by 23 on the road. I'm going to go with Cleveland here. This number just feels a bit too short with a team that's 28-8 straight up at home. I'm going to go with the Cavs.
0: All right. I, yeah, I'm on the cabs as well. I mean, it
1: really does feel short, doesn't it? Like if it feels like it should be seven or seven and a half, maybe.
0: Yeah, I'm not really. And maybe there's a, I can't think of it not being, well, I mean, Jared, Allen. I do feel like Jared Allen is worth a point. I, I do actually feel like Jared Allen defensively. What he can add, he is worth the point. But still, uh, it just feels very, very short. And I'm kind of wondering what it. Maybe is it because Bradley Beal's been having some good games recently, and people are back on the Bradley Beal train. And they're just assuming that, hey, if Bradley Beal has a good game, he can be like James Lillard and keep them in this game. And I just truly don't see it. I think that this is a smash spot for the Cavs here at home where they've off Awful of loss, their... as
1: I said, too. It's a, it's a good yeah. spot just emotionally to get back
0: on. Yeah, that. so awful loss, a home loss. And then, again, we can talk about the home numbers. Get 28-8 and eight at, oh, straight up at home over the course of the season, and that's including a loss in the last game. And if you talk to talk about them as a favorite, oh man, 41 and 16 as a favorite this this season, straight up 32, 30, 32, 23, and two ATS as a favorite this season. 22 13 and 1 at home. Yeah, I like the I picked against them and, you know, shot I me. Mean, I picked the seventy sixers last go around. I think this is a smash spot for the Cavs. This is locked territory, honestly.
1: Well, because and with Allen being out, you knew Embiid was gonna do whatever he wanted in the middle because Mobley's too skinny to stop him. Mm-hmm. Washington doesn't have that because Porzingis is their seven footer, but he shoots jumpers most of the time.
0: Yeah, he's gonna if anything, he's gonna be trying to pull you know, some and it depends how I'm interested to see how Cleveland guards on this go around. But, but that's
1: why I actually think Cleveland is going to
0: pull somebody out the paint.
1: I think Cleveland's got a, def, a decent defensive matchup here with Allen being out because you have Stevens and you have Mobley, and they're both very mobile. They can get out there and switch on every pick and roll without having to compromise much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is all systems go for Cleveland. Cleveland minus five and a half. All right. Total sitting at 221. I mean, this is just a smash under for me. I think everybody. I, I think everybody's giving Washington a little bit too cre- too much credit offensively. This feels like a high total for a Cleveland at home game. Two twenty one. We're normally in the two in the two teens for Cleveland at home.
1: I'm on the under anyway because I just said I think Cleveland's defense is actually going to have a very good game plan for Washington. So I'm going to go with the under. I think Washington, unless they shoot the lights from the outside. I really don't see many opportunities for Washington to generate a lot of consistent offense. You know, Beal can always do Beal things and you have, to, you have to live with it. But I'm going to lean to the under. I just think you'll see a good defensive effort. Cleveland in the two meetings gave up 91 in the last meeting on the road and gave up 107. But that game overtime. So both games have kind of just flown towards the under, and Washington scored less than 104 in regulation in each of the first two meetings. I'm going to go with the under.
0: Yeah, Cleveland, last five games, giving up 109.8 to th- – oh, they're 3-2 and two in last five. Okay, not as bad as I thought. And for the Washington Wizards, ninth in the NBA, 112.4 points per game. So, yeah, it just seems – both teams playing good defensively. Some aggression on the offensive end from Washington uh, is expected. I think this is a pretty good spot for an under. All right next game oh well no we got any props any props for this one so
1: what's your thoughts on Mobley rebounds because he should have a lot of opportunities but we know that Mobley isn't exactly I thought the same as Embiid where he doesn't care that much about rebounding but it feels that way sometimes you know what I mean Like you want Mobley to be a little bit more assertive on the glass especially with Allen not being there and he does sometimes but not really enough
0: you I don't think like it's his fault, rebounds? though. I don't think it's his fault, though. I think it's because he's active def- on the defensive yeah, he switches end, on shot blocking. So. Yeah, shot blocking, switching, all of this other stuff that he's just not in position to get a lot of the rebounds. But he actually, you know, is pretty. he's still been doing pretty solid. Like Over the course of the season, I know it's uh, 8.9. You kind of want to see that a little bit more, but You know, there was a stretch there where he had a double-double stretch going on. He had 12 in the last game. I I just think that it's a little more variance in Mobley's rebounds than Embiid. Embiid, I can just pencil Embiid in for an under, and I feel pretty comfortable with that any given night. But I don't know if I want to go there with Evan Mobley just yet, especially because Evan Mobley's not getting the bump that Embiid is. Embiid's at like 10.5 every single night, and Mobley typically what eight and a half. Sometimes when he's hot, he gets to nine and a half. It's been boosted a little bit with Allen being out, but I'm kind of just curious. Yeah, I no, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fade Mobley on on the boards.
1: I wasn't saying actively fading. I was kind of just wondering if you thought it was a decent spot for maybe an over for Mobley, but I think well, yeah, I think away. it. I, I don't. Uh, it wasn't I about fading. Always, I was just wondering if yeah. you trust
0: him enough to go over yeah i think he's always i think he always has a chance I, can't, I think he always has a chance It's just how active is he defensively this game like because if mm-hmm. and especially against teams that are doing a lot of drives a lot of uh, a lot of points in the paint, he's going to be very active in shot blocking and making sure that those guys are not getting easy looks at the basket and that kind of takes away from his rebound opportunities like uh what's my boy in Memphis triple j like he does not do good rebounding because he's actively punting every single yeah. uh shot in the paint into the third row. And so yeah, no, I could I, I could be I could be talked into Evan Moly rebounds. I could. Do you have any props you like? I'm still on Evanoli points though. I, uh-huh. I'm not I'm not coming off of that train anytime soon. I think that they they feature him enough where he always has the opportunity to go out there and score. And I think I could sell myself on Kyle Kuzma having a really good day today too. Threes are just points or rebounds?
1: Anything in particular?
0: Hmm. Saying with with Kuzma you got a lot of options. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of different options that you can take with them. I think I think you can really look in all that direction. I I think for me, I'm going just overall points. I would do Kyle Kuzma overall points if I was looking at it, but I got to wait and see and just, I want to, he's somebody that I want to, you know, hear about pregame. And I just want to hear some good news pregame that he still looks really good. Like, I don't want it to be anything where he comes into the game, he re-aggravates an injury. And then the under was the way to go the whole time because he played 10 minutes. And so I I just want to hear more good news about Kyle Kuzma. But other than that, I think that he does have, because I think that there's going to be a lot of attention on Chris Porzingis, especially by Evan Mobley, just to make sure that he keeps him at bay and doesn't let him get going. Because if Chris Porzingis has a really, really good game, then I think that they're going to be in trouble. Yeah, I can definitely
1: understand that. Are you going to potentially make a case for Porzingis' threes? or
0: no? Not this time. Not this time, just because I think that if he stretch, even if he stretches, I think that, like you said, there's a lot of people that can still guard him out the perimeter. It's not like you're facing a regular big who's a lot slower outside on the perimeter is not going to be able to keep up or not be willing to keep up. Evan Mobley doesn't have a problem leaving the paint and going to guard the perimeter but a lot of bigs will try to hang around the paint looking at the ball and then and then a pass comes and they're late getting over and Porzingis is already you know how tall he is the ball's already up in the air and so not not today not today. Are we on a Gafford under though?
1: I thought about it, but his numbers against Cleveland historically are actually not that bad. So I thought about maybe staying away from that one. I think it's just going to come down to foul trouble at the end of the day. And I am wondering if Washington's going to try to, uh, I don't say use him more, but since they only have Mobley now as the center, maybe Gafford can get some offensive rebounds and some putbacks. Mm-hmm. I think I'm staying away from that one because historically speaking, he's actually had some
0: success against Cleveland. All right. But I thought about it. Before we get to the next game of slate, I got to talk to you about Shady Rays, the newest sponsor of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And guess what? My guy, Andrew Rob. Has just been in the chat, plugging away, telling me, yo, you need to get you a pair of these Shady Rays. They are absolutely great. They have sunglasses from all different styles and classes and even snow goggles. Like, if you like snowing, they have the snow visor things, whatever the frick they're called. They're super duper cool. And so... Did I say you like snowing? No, you like skiing. That's what it is. It's not snowing, it's skiing. Because what would snowing be? Whoever, who knows? Either way, we're talking about Shady Rays here where, look, if you lose or break a pair or even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence and go to ShadyRays.com. Use promo code SGPN for 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses Look, try it for yourself because they're rated five stars by over 200,000 people. That's shadyrays.com, promo code SGPN. All right, next game on the slate, we have the Golden State Warriors on the road, going to play the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks minus four. This opened up as a pick line grew all the way to four. 248 is the total. That's up two and a half points from two. I was going to ask, is this the highest total?
1: Is this the highest total? Yes.
0: Has to be. I don't think we've seen a 249. I now the games that come to mind are the Lakers and the Kings games earlier in this season. I was trying to figure this out earlier, and I don't think we've gotten higher. Than, I don't think we've seen 249. So I think this is tied for that. One of those Lakers-Kings game where we saw a 248 total. I was definitely looking at this earlier, but yes, it is if it gets 249, I know for a fact we haven't seen one of those. I'm pretty sure we haven't seen one of those. All right. Injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Golden State Warriors. It looks like, well, you know, Andrew Wiggins is still out for personal reasons. So you're not going to see him for the foreseeable future. And what it sounds like potentially could be the rest of the year. So hope. Uh, and if you heard what the rumors is, what going on there, really, really serious situation where I understand why he wouldn't want to be thinking about basketball right now. However,
1: I'm I'm, not, I'm I'm going to wait and see the rumor stuff. I'll, I'll wait to see if anything gets flushed out personally.
0: Yeah, that because that's like, that, that that's just a sounds lot. insane. That's It a just lot. sounds insane. I don't even want to repeat it. That's why I'm like, that just sounds that, insane. That's a I'm lot. Just... That's the point.
1: Uh, besides, you know, not, all these rumors start the same way. Somebody says something but, and no matter what, it catches fire. Like, I'm going to wait and see is, how everything
0: works out. What I will say is who just wakes up and just thinks to randomly make up a rumor about Andrew Wiggins?
1: To be fair, nobody's known why he's been away for like two months. (laughs) So at some point, if you hear anything, the public is. Yeah,
0: you eat it alive. I get it. I get it. All right. Steph Curry expected to play. You have Jamar Green, who is Is out. Is he expected to play? I see Curry's questionable. No, I see expected to play. I
1: see questionable, which explains why the lines moved. I see that his thumb is bothering him and he might not. Oh,
0: I I thought the line moved because everybody just hammered Atlanta at a pick. With the no, it was like one or two about an hour ago, and now it's at four.
1: According to some reports, as Curry's questionable.
0: Okay, maybe that's that might be a newer uh update then. All right. And Kevon Looney's probable with the back injury. You have Ty Jerome who's available. Anthony Lamb, who got a contract for the rest of the season. He's gonna be playing in the playoffs. He's available. And yeah, that's about it. Everybody else. Andre Godal was having surgery. He's done for the year. Not like he did anything. Gary Payton, don't know what's going on with him. And for the Atlanta Hawks, Jalen Johnson is probable. Hmm. Haven't heard that name in a long time.
1: All right. Is that, be- is that because you don't track him or because you don't think he's very good?
0: I just think nobody says and I, I just haven't heard anybody even say anything about him. Uh, has he even been playing? Just saying, you mentioned Jalen Johnson, like you were excited he was going to play. I feel like I know. No, I'm not. I was excited because of the fact that I heard his name. Like, oh. it's some people, after you go through a season, it's names that are in the injury report that are regular, you know, regulars. But I don't think I've said Jalen Johnson's name all season. All right. I'll add
1: a minus four. So off in the comment section is talking about how Kerr said he expects Curry to play. That still doesn't really account for why the line has moved this much if Curry's going to play. I'm anyway. telling you
0: everybody hammered Atlanta because it's the Warriors on the road.
1: I liked Atlanta anyway on the overnight, but with Curry being up in the air, I'm not sure about. First of all, first play I'm going to mention. It's going to sound a bit I can't even say bold. I gotta lean to the under. I, I know that the Warriors just had a massively uh high-scoring game against the Clippers. 247 and a half, like really? I think I have to lean under there. That total just sounds way too high. We always talk about having one bad quarter, and it might get there. I, I think it's going to get close, but I think it'll probably finish in the low 2-4. I can't take an over there. I, I just can't. Some numbers, you pass the point of no return, and this isn't Westbrook with the, with the Wizards, where every game landed in the 260s. I'm going to lean under. I think you'll see one quarter potentially fall, cause the pace to collapse, and... I think you'll probably see Atlanta look good offensively. Golden State, do you want to make a case? Because I, I feel like four at this point is tempting if I knew Curry was going to play, but this team is so bad on the road, but you miss so many points of line value or line movement if you just take the Hawks now. I'm kind of up in the air on this one, but I'll lean to the under. 248, it's, it's like the highest total of the season. I think I have to lean to
0: the under. Well, I'll just go ahead and start at total since you opened up Pandora's box. I'm and... assuming you're leading to the over. Yes, yeah, because we're looking at. OK, let me make sure I have this right. So one, two, two and one, five and one. The last six home games for the Atlanta Hawks going to the over. And honestly, <laughs> like majority of those games are pretty much going over this same number. I could like, be dead wrong. It it's
1: just—it's just on principle for me. I, there, I'm not going to bet a total of 248 and just slam the over. I and, and Curry might not play. I, I can't do it at this point.
0: 136, 119, Cleveland. That goes over this number. You have a 129, 127 against the Nets at home. That goes over this number. Washington, 119, 116. That doesn't go over this number, even though that went over the total in that game. And then one, what's that? 129 to 111. That doesn't get there. That's the the lone under game was against Portland, 129, 111. That finished at 240. And then you come back, they go on a road trip, come back, Boston, 134, 125. That goes over this number. 136, 115. That goes over this number. I mean, I don't, it's a high number, but it's Atlanta, and Atlanta sucks defensively. Like they're not good. And, you take away Draymond Green for the Golden State Warriors where he is anchoring them defensively. So now you're trusting a Warriors team that's already bad on the road, already struggles to, to play any type of defense on the road. They are 25-8-1 and one to the over this season on the road. I get that it's a high total. And yes, if this total was a couple of points less, it feels like it's a no-brainer over. So why am I changing it now when the times that they go over, they've been over like... No, I'm I am i am going I really over. liked the over it.
1: yesterday before I knew what the line was going to be. Then I was a little bit iffy. But now Curry's on the injury report. He might not play.
0: Don't be scared. No, this is and this is people are I'm not scared over. Give me over at two forty eight. I'm actually gonna lock that up. Over at I
1: would I would feel a lot better taking the over when it's this high if I had a hundred percent certainty that Curry was going to play. So maybe at like six o'clock in the evening. But even but that's eight the thing. o'clock.
0: But that is the thing. If Steph doesn't play, oh, wow, you get more Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson minutes. And, and no, more that's not my point. My Thompson point is shots. if
1: Curry doesn't play, this total is going to drop like crazy, and I'd rather just take a better number. That's my point.
0: Oh, I mean, either way, still, I'm handicapped. How, how many points is Curry worth to at? a total? Like five, six? No, he's not worth that much. You no, sure about he that? He you had know, fifty last game with two free throws. Yeah, Are you sure yeah, that yeah but this is still because door? you're because you're taking Curry out and you're still giving shots to Jordan Poole and Klay Thompson. Like you're not giving, you're not dropping five point. I'm not dropping a total of five points because Steph is not playing. And if you, that's ultimate. Either I way, handicapping the handicapping to two forty eight. At 248, whether Steph plays or not, I am not afraid of it because the Atlanta Hawks have shown that they actually are not trying at all to play any defense whatsoever. And the Golden State Warriors have shown that they cannot get it together defensively on the road. And now you just took out their floor general that gets everybody where they're going defensively in any game. So it's just one plus one equals two. It sounds like over.
1: I think I'm going to meet in the middle. I'm going to lean under right now until I know for certain if Curry's going to play or not. But I do think that I really like a bunch of player prop overs. I'm going to kind of meet in the middle there. Because once again, the game could still go under, and each team still scores 120 points. So I feel like if you want to pivot to a clay three-pointer game, maybe a pool game, if you want to talk about. DeJounte hasn't exactly been great lately. I think Trey's going to have a pretty good game here. Historically, he's been good against Golden State. I think this total is high, obviously, for a good reason. But I'm gonna wait to see about the Curry news. However, I do think it is a good time to pull the trigger on Clay because he can go over anyway. And if Curry does not play, Clay's gonna get even more volume. I don't mind taking some alt lines on Clay.
0: I'm more on Jordan Poole. I feel like that of the three, I'm getting the best line of pool, and I'm probably getting it now with the fact that you know Curry's expected to play. Like it, I'm I'm just gonna I'm going to take, you say expected to play. Uh, and I don't see why he would not play in this game. Like, look at where they're at. They need to get a win on the route. I'm not understanding at what point, like, it's not that, I think that the thumb is just, you know, precautionary, but there's no reason that you're that everybody is not playing every single game that they can for the Warriors, especially with the fact that Draymond Green is out in this one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Jordan Poole today. I feel like I'm getting the best line of all of them. And everybody has the matchup in the fact of, Nobody on this Atlanta team is playing defense. You, can, you don't really have much to worry about interior-wise because Clint Capella is just a big body just standing there. So, yeah, my, my pick of the three, I'm going with Jordan Poole.
1: I am going to ask, though, since Draymond is out, let's assume Curry plays. Are you interested in a double-double? Because somebody's going to have to get assists.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm interested in Curry. I, I think this could be a Curry triple-double game.
1: I'm just throwing it out there with Draymond being a
0: you're saying, pretty good you're
1: rebounder saying, for his size and a facilitator. Who, they run a lot of offensive sets through him. There are a lot of assists up for grabs.
0: It's, or even it's really his conditioning. It's it's his conditioning for me and the fact that he can run around. the Like, while he's on the court, he can run around the entire court the whole time. And we've seen him get triple doubles off of just running around and being near the rim and picking up, you know, the ball. And so I think that steps rebounds is something that is intriguing to me. And that I'm like, hey, you know, Looney Looney's gonna have his hands full with Clint Cabela. Like that's going if to happen. Even at- plays. Looney? Was Looney probable? Uh
1: I think they said he was probable, but he's still technically on the injury report. Because he, he's got the back issue, so you can make an argument, you know.
0: Nah, probable. I'm I'm going ahead and counting you in in the game. So yeah. And if he All doesn't, like- you know, it helps the case even more. But by the like way, Curry double-double is plus 215. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it because I can see that happening. Um, multi- I can see that happening in different ways, especially with how much he's around. He's moving around the court. As far as the side, Atlanta's just been too bad for me defensively. I probably would have took this at a pick, maybe up to two, but now we're at four. I could see this easily. Like I could see Golden State keeping up with Atlanta. Atlanta's not good at all. Like we talk about how bad Atlanta, uh, Golden State is on the road. I get it, but at least like some of these road games, they actually are competitive. They just can't find ways to get a win. I'll take my chances with the four points.
1: I think I'm gonna lean to Atlanta. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I think I'm gonna lean to Golden State now, uh, assuming Curry plays. I liked Atlanta earlier, but once again, I've already missed like three or four points. But it seems like a good spot where everyone's expecting Golden State to get smacked because Draymond's out and they're bad on the road. But we always see teams step up when they're missing players. And Golden State, we've mm-hmm. seen them bench all their starters and they'll find ways to be competitive anyway. I wonder if Atlanta might be on the verge of potentially overlooking Golden State because it's not a full-strength Golden State team. Do you think Golden State just comes out and... I
0: mean, you see 7-26 and 26 on the road and you're and how good you are Atlanta at home. Like, you, you, I think that there's a good possibility that they're just overlooking them and thinking that, hey, uh, this Golden State team isn't that good on the road. We can compete with this team. We can go out there and have a good game with this team. And so, uh, let me see here. What was – I think what I am going to – how I will back Atlanta is I will back – well, they're not even – what, do you want to go with the team total? You want to go trade points? No, I think I'll go Atlanta first quarter. And Golden State historically hasn't been well on the road in the first quarter. Three of seven in the last ten games on the road, whereas Atlanta six and four, I would have liked to see that a little bit better, honestly. But six and four at home in the first quarter. So uh, I think I'll take my chances with Atlanta winning the first quarter and then finding some way to, you know, I don't even have to worry about the rest of the game. Just in and out with the money.
1: I'm on trade. I'm on Trey points.
0: This really is setting up for Trey to go for like thirty-five, and he's actually three. like he had a forty-piece recently. Actually, I actually like Dejounte. I think Dejounte has a good game because he's got to have a good game at some point. And and it's the fact that you know you take away Draymond, and you know that's that's a some rim protection there. And I can I can just see a lot of slashes to the basket and DeJounte Murray, you know, their quick pace, super quick pace, DeJounte Murray slash to the basket, getting easy twos, and just ended up running the score up. So 19 and a half, I'll take DeJounte Murray. I'm
1: trying to see if there's anything else that I like uh,
0: just based on uh Star this is the stars. This just feels like Steph. That's
1: why I said Trey. I just I just think Trey Steph and Trey, Steph
0: soon are gonna go at it. Yeah, Steph, Trey, Dejounte has a good game. I'm interested to see Bogdanovich. his on an extension. Yeah, he might he might go crazy.
1: I think I did find I something I, that I might like, I'm, but I these are coming off the
0: bench, so we can we could. I can I can be talked into Bogdanovich having a really really good game coming off the bench today. I can really like, I really really can see that.
1: OK, if you want my long shot prop for the game, I'm going to take John Collins double double, which oh, yeah. I see at around plus six twenty five uh, to look really? at the numbers recently. He has not been really? that good. However, his numbers against Golden State have actually been good. In fact, Collins has had a double double in three of his last four games against Golden State. And we mentioned Looney's has been banged up. We mentioned that Draymond's not going to play. If you want a long-shot flyer prop with a bunch of quick possessions and a bunch of shots, I don't mind Collins double-double at plus 625.
0: Yeah, I like that. Three of
1: the last four games, I think, is pretty tempting. And we know Capella is a good rebounder, and it didn't work for the Zubac game. I got killed on that rebounding prop. But you're taking Capella away from the basket, constant switches and pick-and-roll. Do I think Atlanta maybe tries to go smaller at some point in this game? I can see it.
0: I can I can get it's a lot of props that I can feel like I can get behind because I like that 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 talks me into Kongwu coming off the bench too, who can have a really good game. That's a good call. What's a Kongwu double double? <laughs> I mean, you can't. It's not going to be up because he's coming no. off the bench. You got to wait. Occasionally, it time. is up. Yeah, okay.
1: I wouldn't mind that maybe uh, Wu too. But yeah. I, I think there's a lot of potential double doubles here if you're expecting 120 points from each team.
0: Yeah, and I mean it can either way. You either get you know, the double-doubles off assists for the point guards and the ball handlers, or you get the double-doubles off the rebounds because everybody kept missing.
1: All right. By the way, Collins to record 10 rebounds is 7-1. to one.
0: Yeah, that's a, I feel like that's an auto bet. I feel like you got, like, for I the guess value, you're I mean, playing. Yeah,
1: that sounds yeah. like a good deal to me.
0: Uh, yeah. He's
1: going to get there? Probably not. But once again, three of the last four head-to-head meetings he's gotten there.
0: I mean, you just look at matchup. You just look at – somebody's got to rebound. Somebody's got to rebound. It's not going to be – no. there's not going to be no rebounds in the game. Somebody's got to rebound. And if Looney and Capella are battling all night, if you're switching on Capella and getting Capella out of the paint, somebody's got to come up with it. So is it – John Collins is the next viable option. I like it.
1: Yeah, Bobby, I get it. Collins hasn't had 10 rebounds in a while. I I just mentioned that. But once again, I got to go by the matchup, at least in some spots, for a long-shot flyer.
0: Throw it in like a ridiculous lot. I mean, if arm. he had if he had 10 rebounds recently, then it wouldn't be 7-1. <laughs> we wouldn't be giving out 7-1 bet if he was getting 10 rebounds a bunch of times. But you got to call your shot. And this is a really good shot. I'm trying I to like.
1: see if I can cut into it. Like if I got eight rebounds and it still was three to one or something like that. I mean, you don't have to go for the full 10. But I think if you want to make a case for a big man, in just a ladder it, a- ladder it. Yeah. Well,
0: Lad- then again, I don't,
1: know, I don't know if I want to fully ladder it, because once again, I could just be dead wrong about the Collins pick. But,
0: but Collins then if you're dead, re- but if you're dead wrong, it's like you just bet whatever you were going to bet on his rebound. Just put yeah. it in the ladder. And Collins if you're wrong, then rebounds,
1: you- though, is plus two ninety. Like two mm-hmm. ninety. I mean, he's playing roughly 30 minutes a game, at least for the last four games. He's played roughly 30 minutes. Had eleven and nine against Boston in thirty minutes. I mean, he's had some. He's had some uh, again, a game or two on occasion. But once again, it's it's just a random like dark throw in this game. Yeah, there's a lot of props I'm gonna like, and there's not many unders that I'm gonna take.
0: Yeah, and this that nobody's not saying anything against Clint Capella, and I see J R. Nobody's not saying yeah, yeah. Nobody's saying anything against Clint Capella, but you look at seven to one, and you sit here and say, hmm, second best, what second best rebounder on the team, and we see a whole bunch of opportunities in this game. It's so easy for multiple people to have a double double in this game. So I think why the Capella a
1: option's probably worth it too at plus two forty. Once again, if you spam double doubles in this game, you might actually make a decent profit within I reason, so. of course. Like you shouldn't take Klay Thompson double double for example. Like keep it reasonable. But Capella Trey, 240 I probably like that too.
0: Trey Steph, uh Capella Collins, Murray. I think yep. if you're yeah. if you have all of that, what was that five players? I think you can see even if you want to swap
1: Murray out for maybe like a loony, perhaps. Yeah. He's got a shot, but
0: yeah, whatever. like you even two, you're making profit. All right. Let's see here. Before we get into the next game of the slate, we are going to slide over to part two for the podcast version. YouTube, sit tight, be back in a second. And for podcasts, slide over to part two.